You're listening to the Jessica Bike Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Jeskowitz from Ragbri. And I'm Andrea Parrott, also from Ragbri. Well, this is the podcast where we talk about bikes just for the heck of it. Well, sometimes it's for the fun of it, but you know what? We're just we're just going to be talking bikes here. We're really going to be talking about the social side of cycling. So come for the bike, stay for the fun, leave with a smile. That's our motto. And um, before we get into the interviews today, we're going to do kind of a modified version of Parrot Talk. So how about the intro, Andrea? Well, yeah, that's right. This is Andrea, and so it has to be a Parrot Talk. All right. So here we go. All right. So Andrea's got some questions for me. We're what we're really going to focus on is that we had a survey with Ragbri, and instead of trying to write down every little answer about why do you do this or why do you do that, we just felt it would be a good idea to do a pair talk on this. So yeah. I'm going to turn it over to you, Andrea, and you can fire away all questions that were kind of uh, gleaned out of the survey. So Yeah, it, that sounds good. A lot of stuff comes up frequently either when people come and give us feedback directly on the ride or in these surveys. Some stuff we can definitely do better. Some stuff we just can't change, and that's the nature of the ride. And we thought it would be good to talk about it so it doesn't seem like we're just sort of ignoring issues or um, that we don't pay attention to this stuff because we all read through it pretty carefully, actually, all the different suggestions and thoughts yeah. that people give to us. And we will get back. I mean, I, I think just to give you an idea, when I came back from the ride, I had about 4,000 emails. And yeah. Even yeah. if I tackle 100 a day, it takes 40 days or so to, right. to get through. So yeah. so if you wrote me after Ragbri, I haven't forgot about you. You know, uh, I'm getting to them. Yep. So so uh, we have to have some, um, I guess, balance in life to get back to normal too. So, uh, But yeah. eventually we're going to get to all your emails out there. But, yeah. but why don't we tackle some of these questions? So what do you got, Andrew? Okay, so we're going to start with the writer suggestions. Um, the first suggestion would be there's too much vehicle traffic on the route and we should close the roads to vehicle traffic. So I'm not on the route during the ride, so I didn't get a, a glimpse of that. Okay. Uh, what was your impression of the amount of vehicle traffic? Was it more or less? Well, here, here's the basics, okay? Yeah. First of all, there's an impression that the roads are closed for Ragbri. That is that is a myth. Yeah. Okay? Um, we are guests on these roads into these counties, and so we try to pick really low-traveled roads. Yeah. Now, now, sometimes, for example, southern Iowa, there are not that many roads that are actually roads that we can actually ride on. Sure. So, so, but if there's a person that needs to get to their field or if there are people that need to deliver grain to an ethanol plant or, or anything like that, we're trying to work with them. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing that's really important to understand is we try to tell people we'd like to have this route from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Yeah. So if you go out there at 4 o'clock in the morning – you're kind of messing with the system because right. we, we tell all those trucks, hey, get out early or deliver your, your goods early because we're not going to have bikes out there till 6 o'clock in the morning. So we feel 12 hours is enough to, to bug people, uh, you know, and then after 6 o'clock, get your, get your trucks back on the road. Yeah. So when you're not within that time frame, you're really messing with um, the system. So, so the roads are open. We try to pick fairly low traveled roads occasionally we're going to have some some cars on there or or trucks on there so 
when we do have a an area that we think there's a high number of vehicles, we're going to have some pretty good law enforcement out there. And so I think the state patrol and the sheriffs do a really good job of keeping riders safe. And yeah, I think so too. So the the number of car bike accidents that we had on the entire week was was zero. Yeah. So I think they do a really good job. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I mean, think about how hard it would be to actually close that length of road. I don't know if there's enough caution tape in yeah. Iowa to, <laughs> you 500, know. 500 miles of road closed. Yeah, so it would not be gonna crazy. Happen. Yeah. So. One thing we did this year, too, um, we worked with Google. And okay. um, there's like this system called Waze where we actually plugged in the Ragbri route. And it came up, if you punched in, hey, I need to go to Centerville. Google would not route you on the Ragbri route. Mm-hmm. So it, it was taking advantage of new technology. And that basically came from a rider that said, hey, why can't you have Google do this? Yeah. Some marathons do it and different things like that. So that was a great suggestion that someone actually wrote us in. We looked into it. We worked with the DOT. And it and it actually happened this year. So so good suggestions. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to listen to them. Try to make it better for the way it has to be yeah. improve it. Okay, so that kind of ties into the next suggestion. Um, the service and shutdown times for the pass-through towns should be extended. Okay. So, you know, there's some people that say, hey, why, why don't you just keep it open until, you mm-hmm. know, 9 o'clock at night or, or whatever. So I'm, I'm going to give you some basic answers of why uh, we do it this way. 12 hours on the route. Yep. Because we have ambulance drivers, we have law enforcement that are out there. If it's 12 hours open, they're out there 13 or 14 hours. Sure. And a person technically can't drive an ambulance for 14 straight hours without getting into issues where they, they're not on top of their game. Sure, yeah. Same thing with police officers and, and different things. So so we feel 12 hours. Now, you think about it. One day we had 40 miles. Mm-hmm. You could walk <laughs> yeah. between six and six and make yeah. it. Yep. Uh, and then there was people that wrote and just said, you know what, hey, I only got to Sheridan by 2 o'clock and you were you were shutting it down. Um, you know, we did the math on that. You can travel at 6 miles an hour and get to Sheridan by yeah. 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So yeah. it, it's more than reasonable The in, in our estimation. I mean, we, we go and ride that same route, and yep. we're, we're way ahead of those shutdown times, and we're not – I don't think we would be classified as speed demons on the bicycle. No, no. So, And we stop in every town. Yeah. yeah. And so I think the other thing that we can do a much better job of explaining is when we say there's a service time in, in a town, if it says it's going to shut down at 2 o'clock, everything shuts down at 2 yeah. o'clock. So you need to be ahead of that because that means food. That means they, they did keep water open because yep. it's a safety concern, but the, it's not just the bars or anything like that. It is everything in that town, the, the entertainment, the food, all that stuff will cease and desist because sometimes that town doesn't exist without Ragbri. Right, yeah. And, and it's it's a Casey's or it's a, you know, a mom and pa yeah. uh, diner that day, and then all those other people come to town. And those towns agree to that. Yep. And so we want to get them off the road and get them into town. So we say, here's our 12-hour window. And even if you – the slowest rider – I mean, if you go seven miles an hour – I mean, that's know, almost falling over Yeah, speed. seven miles an hour is like uphill on the worst hill of yeah, ride, right? okay? Yeah. And if you did that for 12 hours, that's 84 miles. That's 84 miles. And I'm not, I'm not a math whiz, but that's 84 miles. Yeah. So yeah. so when you think about that, if you're if you're struggling – 
to get in. We we feel you. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, I've had tough days out there, uh, but honestly, you, sometimes you just have to eat your pride and take the sag wagon. So, That's what they're there for. If you're, we're really not struggling. suggesting that. We're not suggesting take the sag wagon. We suggest maybe train a little bit harder. Well, yeah, that might be, be one prepared. thing. Or even a better suggestion is just leave a little bit earlier. That's right. And yeah. and most of the times when we talk to people. Um, hey, what time did you leave? Well, we left at our normal 8.30, and it was an 80-mile day. And, like, yeah. um, you know, if, if you're going to do those kind of miles, you you really should be thinking about, okay, I'm slow. I'm, I'm going to try to leave by, by 6.30 or so. Right. So, right. so just think about that on the longer days. I think it was really just the longer days that really came into, you know, um, the shutdown time on coming was, like, 3 o'clock. Um yeah. yeah, I think you can make it to coming by three o'clock. You yeah. know, so so that goes without saying. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all about preparation. It's all about planning. It's all about knowing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But keep in mind the 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 reason why we're shutting this down. Quite simply, we we borrow these roads, we borrow these towns, and say, "Hey, can we can we come into your town?" The other thing that it, once we push through, and we turn that town back over to you know, the county, um, if they have 2000 riders in that town and someone gets hurt, that's an ambulance that goes out and, and treats that rider that's mm-hmm. in that area. Unfortunately, in the state of Iowa, especially in these rural stretches, we might have one ambulance for that entire county. So if, you know, someone's aunt is having chest pains and they call for the ambulance and they're treating a ragbri rider that is two hours past the shutdown time, who gets blamed for, you know, that, that person that, that goes into, you know, into a worse situation because it can't be treated? Yeah. You know, Ragbride does. And that that's something we're trying to avoid. Um, you know, 12 hours is enough out there that let's give them their town back and let's yeah. – there's plenty of fun to be had. Just get down the road a little bit more. Yeah, a couple different ways that's rooted in safety. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, so let's move on. Um it's kind. Of, this is kind of the same one. Writers agree we should shut down alcohol in the pass-through towns, but should leave food and water available. You kind of address that one. Yeah, and water. Water will be there. Yep. Um, food again. Here, here's what. Here's kind of the logic. Because it, at first it was just all right. We're going to shut down alcohol. So what would happen was the, the state troopers would come into town and say, "Okay, everyone's got to leave." Okay, well let's go eat now. Yeah. And it's it's three o'clock, and instead of pushing them out of town it's okay well here's 45 minutes because i've got to go get a slice of pizza and i gotta go get a gatorade yep and it's like no look at that time and say i'm going to be through that town on the way to the next town before that shutdown time it's part of being a good uh visitor to the town we need to respect that the rules and limitations of the timeline yep yeah so okay so the next point is something that i hear a lot um on the ride the mileage and elevation figures that we post should be accurate too much variation between the posted and actual figures okay okay now some of them you're absolutely right i mean there's human error and i'm gonna tell you right now we mess up i mean of course yeah there there's some mileage discrepancy like i mean just complete um typo on one of the days i think we had um the worst one was like the Ag Oasis. I think we had 10 miles to Ag Oasis and then um, like six more miles to coming or something like that. The, the entire mileage for the day was 39 miles, but it should have been 16 miles. And it was just like a we left off a of six, I mean, right. in the printing version. So those 
Hey, I'll take the blame on that, no yeah. doubt. Um, but there's other ones, like people even said, like, oh, my gosh, the Burlington Day was, was so far off. And, yeah. you know, if you actually look at the Ride With GPS files that we post and you yeah. look at, you know, we're doing city limit to city limit, okay? Yep. So if you camp six or seven miles at Dankworth Park and Burlington, that that could be six miles further yeah. from the campground. And so you have to take that into consideration. So if you look at the ride with GPS files, those don't lie. I mean, that's actual yeah. data that, that just like any other ride, if you look at those files that we posted online, um, it's not like we're just pulling numbers out of thin air. Right. They're not random. It's yeah. hard to get more accurate than GPS. Yeah. And ride with GPS is, uh, I mean, well known. And we had Geobike for many, many years and Catch did a great job with, with uh, the elevations. Um, but even even someone that's calculating elevations through their system could be completely different. And I, I know comparing um, Ride with GPS to uh, what Catch did with with Geobike, I mean, they're different. You can have the same exact road, and their readings are going to be a little bit different. So I think um, I think Ketch's routes with Geobike tended to be a little bit higher elevations. So when yeah. we come back and say this is the, you know, the eighth flattest route or something like that, I mean, that all we're doing is going by the data, and the data right. says it's twelve thousand feet of feet of climb. So right. um, well, and something that you addressed yesterday when we were talking about this. Um, you're riding your bike you're not going in the straight line that a car would travel you will be swerving probably yep. passing people moving in and out of traffic move over for a board shop yeah exactly and so little by little you add distance and possibly elevation to your ride mm -hmm. yeah no doubt and i mean no one rides the exact same you, you can go around the block and yeah. you look at your your numbers and they will never match up exactly. Right. And you're going from the all around the block, same distance and yep. all that. So it, it, it's never going to be exact. We tr I mean, it's not like we're like, hey, let's, let's add <laughs> another 10 miles yeah, on we're there. We're going to throw in yeah. an extra eight. Yep. So look at it this way. Yeah. You're on a ride. You're having fun. Those are bonus miles. Right. You know. Well, and if you're taking on RAGBRAI, you should be able to handle an extra eight or 10 miles on your ride. Yeah. It should be part of your training, yeah. to be honest. No matter what. We ride pre-ride. Right. The ride says it's 65 miles. You know, we're going from a hotel to hotel. Yeah. We're just chalking that baby up as 75. Right, you know? exactly. And, and it's going to be five miles because we're going to bolt over to the golf course or, or you know, we're going to go get, you know, something at, at Casey's or yeah. whatever. Or, oh, darn, I dropped my water bottle back there. I got to go back. Right. And, and those are, you're really kicking yourself when you got to backtrack. But. Well, and in my mind, when I'm on the pre-ride, I start my clock wherever we take our picture. So not the city limit. Mm -hmm. So then I say... When I get, it's supposed to be a 65 mile day and I get to 65 miles, I think, oh, sweet. We got to be close. Yep. I don't think I'm supposed to be there. Yeah. We're, we are pretty close. Yeah, I mean, we it, are there's close. nothing that's going to be perfect, but hey, we'll, we'll, we can do better. There's no doubt about that. So right. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll try to do better. And, you know, if you want, we can just pad an extra 10 miles on each day and then you'll feel <laughs> yeah. better. But, yeah. but we're trying to be, we're trying to be accurate. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep working on it. Yep. Okay. So then moving on, uh, this one's short and sweet, poor road conditions. Poor road. Um, I think if, you, if you're from the state of Iowa and you ride those roads on a regular basis, you would be absolutely blown away, amazed, the difference, what those roads look like in January to what the roads look like in July. Yeah. And the DOT and the county engineers do an 
an absolutely amazing job to make the roads safe. They're not going to be perfectly safe. Yeah. They may not. They may be bumpy because yeah. the horizontal the horizontal uh, bumps that you're going across that are filled in. It's it's safe. It may not be as smooth as silk. It may bust your wrists up pretty good or bust your teeth up pretty good. But they're still but they're safe. safe. They're safe. Yeah. And so that's what we're after. Uh, are there massive potholes? I, I can tell you what. Going into Burlington when we did pre-ride, there was massive potholes due to flooding. Right, yeah. They were majorly affected. And they filled those in. Yeah. For the the best they can. On the pre-ride, there was a place where there wasn't even a road. Yeah. You know, and they fixed it. They fixed it. So. Yeah. Amaz- I mean, absolutely amazing. Yeah. The other thing, people are like, oh, why don't you spray paint? Um, most engineers don't want us spray painting on the roads. And so we, RAGBRAI never spray paints the roads. Yeah. And so there may be some concerned citizen that went out and spray painted that road, but RAGBRAI will not go out there and spray. We don't have the, we don't have the rights to those roads to spray yeah. paint them. So we're not going to spray paint those roads. Yeah. But um, I, I think if you look at the roads, the, um, the other thing, the center line crack is not a center line crack. That's how they build roads in Iowa. Yeah. If it's a concrete road, it's built in sections, and when when it gets hot during uh, summer, that that what was a you know a ten millimeter gap could become a two inch gap, and so so the best way to avoid the center line is to ride right. Right. Yep. And, and if you are going to cross that line and go into oncoming traffic, then don't gradually cross that center line you know cross it drastically right decisively as as perpendicular as you can yeah and that and again you know those are those are just little things the railroads go out and fix the tracks the best they can there might be one or two i know the one by uh, mystic was you know i mean there's warning signs out there when people said oh there was no warning signs um there's warning signs of every railroad crossing in the state of Iowa, and we added signs on top of that. Well, so, and every railroad in and of itself should be a warning sign. You should be careful going approaching a railroad crossing. I don't know about you, but I come to a railroad crossing, I unclip. Yeah, every I, time. it's just for because yep. when I was start, first starting out in this thing, I I, I beefed on a on a railroad <laughs> oh, no. track, and I'm like, I never want to do that again. Yeah, and so I'm like, I'm gonna unclip every every time, and it's just one of those things like. You know, you get in a car, you put your seatbelt on, you come to a railroad track, unclip. Yep. Takes what? Just three seconds? Not even, yeah. Three seconds to clip back in. Yep. But if you fall on a railroad track, oh, it's, is... it's not fun, no. but that that would be human error if you fall right. on a railroad track. Well, and RAGBRAI is an adventure, and you need to treat it as an adventure where you are paying attention and keeping your eyes peeled and just, you know, being aware at all times. Yep. Safe, safe riding. Okay. So the next question on the list is, we should identify whether a pastor town is a quote-unquote real town or not. Yeah, we can do that. Um, You know, some, well, here's the catch, okay? If we put on there, hey, hey, this isn't a real town, in your mind, would you skip that town? Probably, yeah. And so the Ag Oasis isn't a real town. That was one of the best stops of all of Ragbride. And it was a fantastic stop. That town with the rope swing wasn't a real town, but that was... That was a pretty amazing right. stop. Right. There, real people live in these towns, and we can't just dismiss them and say, oh, they're not real. Yep. I mean, these people have put, a lot of times put a lot of work into preparing for us mm-hmm. and hope welcoming us. And the size of the town isn't – It's not. I don't think we should designate the size of the town more than are they planning for us. Yeah. 
And I think one of the one of the things if you're if you're looking at the towns, take a look at our pre ride blog because we, yep. we do a pretty good job. Yep in advance of, of saying, hey, this is what's going on in that town. So you may want to get some information like that, put some notes on your map, and just say, hey, this is this is going to be really good. Yeah. Have a little pre-planning, but yeah. um, there are some towns in Iowa that are unincorporated. Right. And I wouldn't just dismiss them because they're unincorporated. Yeah, me neither. Confidence is unincorporated. Yeah. But they always show up. There's a lot of towns like that that are unincorporated. So so it's hard to just but but we can note them as unincorporated if that'll help people. Um, you know, it's a, a good suggestion, but I really don't want to say like Lebanon was a good example. So Lebanon was an unincorporated town. Mm-hmm. But we worked with the Amish community to have a fundraiser there. And they had every person in the community out there cooking chicken sandwiches and doing ice cream. Yeah. Some of the best ice cream I've ever had, by the way. See? And uh, you wouldn't want to miss with that. With a putt-putt motor. And <laughs> uh, their ice cream was $3, which is really good compared to some other ones out mm-hmm. there. So, yep. so um, I would just hate to say, we're going to put an asterisk on there. And then you're like, oh, I was going to skip that because I had an asterisk. Yeah, people miss something really fantastic. Yeah, so we'll, I mean, we can note it, and um, you can make your decision. But one of the things I would look at is those pre-ride blogs and say, because yeah. sometimes you know what, we don't line up any of the food vendors. Another misconception that Ragbride does that. Yeah, the towns and the counties do all that. So, so yeah, we always need an asterisk, asterisk with an asterisk. Yeah, you know, like it's a little town, but a little town, but yeah. okay. So moving on. Uh, people would like to have shorter miles on the last day. Closer to 50 or less is preferable. Hmm. Okay. Can we move some towns closer to the river? Is that yeah. possible? Yeah. I mean, we want a different route every year. There, there's only, let's see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, off the top of my head, the, the combinations that we can actually do that are under 50 miles would be, oh, into Lansing from... You know, in from Alamakey County, where yep. we were in Wakan, that one, that one's close. Yeah, we can do Coralville to Muscatine. Okay, that one's close. Yeah, and we can do Mount Pleasant to Fort Madison. Okay, everything else is going to be sixty miles. So or that's more. three combinations. Yeah. and we've we've had days where we're seventy plus. Right, and we've had days where we were, you know, about forty, and so I I hate to just say, oh, it's got to be forty miles because. There are not enough combinations on our Mississippi River coast yeah. to have more than two or three ending towns. So uh, I, I think you like good ending towns. I think you like good Friday night towns. And if we would just say, well, it's got to be 40 miles, we'd have about three combinations. Yeah. Well, and think about how cool it was to go to Keokuk this year. And it was made possible by having that longer yep. last day. And it is a a full legitimate day of ragbri. Like, sorry, I know you have places to go, but it's a, just as much of a day of ragbri as any other day. And I'm going to dispel the myth that Saturday towns don't do good. Uh, uh, yeah. It's, that is not true, first of all. Um, yeah. The river towns do great. Um, like Keokuk, ask Keokuk how they did. They, they had yeah. a great time. They hadn't hosted in forever. But the other one that you think people just buzz through the meeting towns and all that like donaldson what could have been one of the best saturday towns i've ever seen it was well thought out well planned well executed well promoted delicious pickle sandwiches and just a whole lot of fun people in that town they were so enthusiastic to have us 
And people are like, oh, I don't want to ride an extra half mile to get to whatever. Yeah. And the people that went down there, they're like, I am so glad. I mean, it was packed at Donaldson. But, you know, the handful of people said, oh, I didn't want to ride, you know, uh, three pedals of gravel or or I didn't want to ride that extra, you know, quarter mile because Donaldson wanted to have it at their fairgrounds that they were, you know, raising the funds for to reconstruct the bleachers. So, so Saturday, Saturday's a fun day. It's Saturday for yeah, crying out loud. Yeah. You got a whole nother day to get back. So take your time. Enjoy Saturday. Right. Um, I know people need to catch flights and all that, but um, for the most part, people can relax a little bit and enjoy. You you only have seven days of RAGBRAI. Yep. Don't cheat yourself. Right. Yeah. You're just cheating yourself if you rush and you're just going to get right into the middle of the traffic. Just take a few minutes. You know, it'll be easier for you in yeah. the long run yep. and more fun. Yep. Okay. So then... The last writer suggestion would be identify local vendors non or slash nonprofit vendors so writers can frequent those instead of quote unquote professional vendors. Yeah, and that's something that we do tell the towns to. Hey, you know what? If you're the the church there and in you know whatever town it may be, Sheridan or whatever, wear a T-shirt that says that. Have a banner that says, you know, hey, this is the the Sheridan JCs or mm-hmm. or something along that line. So uh, if you look close. The ones that that get it, they're going to put those signs up. So, um, you know, most of the ones that are in food trucks and stuff like that are other traveling ones. Um, And there's some really good traveling ones. I mean, we're not to disparage those. Oh, there's some fantastic traveling vendors, yeah. But if you you really want to seek out uh, the local ones, I mean, don't be afraid to ask them. They'll tell you. Um, But usually it's a little bit more mom and pop-like, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you see kids in, like, Cub Scout uniforms or Boy Scout uniforms or girls' volleyball team, those are ones that are typically going to be your – your local vendors and and the churches that you visit are always going to be local vendors yep i mean it's pretty easy just approach the one person who's not wearing bike clothes and that'll be someone who can tell you who's the locals (laughs) yeah so i mean and there's nothing wrong if you like it's you don't want to have a stranger approaching children but like if there's a loud little kid standing in the middle of the road they're going to tell you where you you want to go Maybe we'll come up with some idea, like a, a sticker or something of, of you know, by local or something mm-hmm. like that, that we could put on those those posters. We'll, we'll look into that. Yeah, uh, because, something we could think about. You know, we're, we're adamant that we have to help these these local uh, folks. And, um, you know, some of the towns were a little disappointed that riders got in late. Um, some yeah. days that, that people got in, you know, 7 o'clock or whatever, and, and people, you know, by then the churches are typically closed up. And, you know, some of the towns are like, oh, you know, we didn't get people by the time they showered and stuff like that. They didn't come down till till eight o'clock or they were tired and they didn't come out. I mean, it's really important that we support these towns because if the towns don't do well, Ragbrai doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. That's what it's all about. The the lifeblood of Ragbrai is our pastor towns and our overnight towns. And, um, you know, so seeking out those locals. Thank you for doing that. If if there's a lot of people that are doing that, I mean, we always try to spend our dollars with the locals. We yeah. we get to know them over the time planning RAGBRAI. So so thank you for those that are seeking out the locals, and and definitely we want to have an impact in the state of Iowa and those towns that that are hosting RAGBRAI for us. Yeah, certainly. Okay, so let's move on to the suggestions that the support drivers gave us. Okay, uh, there's not as many of these, but they're also important. Okay, the first one. Better signage and maps to identify open camping areas in towns. Okay. 
So we work with the towns too, you know, and, and the maps are all over the board. I mean, these are all volunteers that yep. are putting together the maps. Yep. Um, and we try to stress to them, only put on the maps places that are open for, for camping. Yeah. So if you look on the website, the week prior to Ragbri, most of those maps are up there. And you yep. can look at those different camp locations and see where they are. The other way would be to get one of those printed maps that, at the information center for the next town. Yeah. So the towns bring it over to the prior town and say, here's our maps. So yep. so Atlantic would come over to Council Bluffs and say, here's our maps. So take a look at those maps. Yep. Um, don't just set your GPS. Follow the actual vehicle map. Yes. Because they're going to tell you exactly how to get to that campground. Yeah. When people get creative... It is such a bad idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the way to accidentally drive across the bike route, which is the last thing you want to do. And and you're you're thinking you're saving time. The easiest way I can I can tell you for sure, take the vehicle route. And you yeah. may you may have a hiccup going out of town or something like that. You're you're going to thank yourself for for taking that that yeah. uh, vehicle route. So even if there's a line, it's usually yeah. worth it. I would say. And uh, if you stay on the vehicle route, you'll see signs that say RV parking or yep. campgrounds. They'll direct you there to the best. And there's also information centers on the way into town. So if you're not sure, when it says information 500 feet ahead, pull off and Just, get that information. Yeah. And we in the merchandise trailers will have a little extra information. If the night before you want to plan ahead, stop sure. by and we'll have that map and we'll have some advice for you. Yeah. Um, okay. So kind of... Piggybacking off that, people would like detailed maps of vehicle routes into and out of towns. Uh, identify on the maps the campgrounds, showers, and info centers. And make these available ahead of time. Okay. So if you look at the vehicle map in advance, it'll tell you the, the main roads for sure. And it'll also have information on there like use exit 319 or, yep. or whatever. So if you look at the fine print, make sure you, you can print the vehicle maps off. They're available pretty much after... Around the 4th of July, we put yeah. the vehicle maps out there. But then if you also print each town's maps off, it'll have a vehicle route on that map inside that town. Yep. So if you do your homework a little bit in advance, yep. there, there's there's not one book that goes out that says, here it is. Okay. Yeah. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. There are towns that are scrambling up to the day before Ragbri yeah. to get that information <laughs> yeah. up there. And sometimes it's frustrating. So, you know, if you go out there 4th of July and try to print the stuff off, it's not going to be there. Yeah. So the week of Ragbri, the week come before Ragbri, yeah. look at those sites and, you know, print some of that stuff off. Because yeah. you can have the vehicle map in town that'll get you to those campgrounds. Yeah. And so if you if you do it too early, though, they're, they're not going to be ready because... You know, it's just like everything. You wait to the last minute. and you Well, wait. they're volunteers. Yep, yep. And I would say make it part of your packing process. Yep. You know, while you're packing your clothes, pack your vehicle maps at yep. the same time. And if you've never been, well, probably at this point you have been a vehicle pa driver if you're going to be, but if you never have been, go to the meeting in the starting, the day zero. Yep. The support We gave out meeting. a lot of good information on that on that day. And yeah. so it's a good refresher course. Um, and, it, and it talks about those types of things. Yeah. Um, the other thing that support driver, you can go to the information center and ask those questions yeah. or talk to the campground uh, person. Hey, where's the closest showers? Where does the shuttle pick up? Where's the bathrooms? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's Iowa. It pays to be friendly and relaxed about things and just kind of go with the flow yep. and it'll work out. Yep. Okay. So our last point of comment would be people would like better signage and instructions for where to park in the meeting towns. That's the the meeting towns. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and and so typically when you're coming into a meeting town, 
and and again, we're going to get back to you need to take the vehicle route. Yes. Because one of the biggest problems is people are coming in different ways and the actual the signs are only going to be on the actual route that we designate. Mm-hmm. So if you're picking a, and choosing a different route to come in on or say, hey, I'm going I'm to cut this way, don't expect any signage. Okay. Right. So if you come in on the vehicle route, there's green arrows that will yep. direct you actually off off the highway into the actual place. There's typically one massive parking lot. Mm-hmm. and then there's you know side streets and different things like that. So uh, typically you're not crossing the bike route. So you may stay north of the bikes or south of the bikes. But um, there's typically going to be a large either high school or fairground or something like that to park vehicles at. Yeah. And so pay attention when it says vehicles exit Highway 218 and then take exit 64. Yeah. We need you to take exit 64. If you take exit 65. There's going to be no signs. Right. And so Uh, we're not going to reward, you know, someone that's not following directions. And we're not going to say take 64 or 65. We're going to say the exit that we want you to take. And you have to use a little common sense like, do I turn left or right off the exit? Well, are you going north or south toward the town? You know, you have to use a little bit of intuition. But I stop in the meeting towns a little more frequently now that we have a merchandise trailer there. And you just sort of, there's green signs exactly where you need to go. You almost... I wouldn't say you don't need a map, but you almost don't because you yeah. can follow those green signs and then the people of the town will be directing yeah. you. The the logic of I'm just going to follow all these vehicles going don't is do that. Not, not a good one. Don't do that. Follow the vehicle map. Don't follow yeah. your GPS. Don't follow other cars. Follow what it says on the vehicle right. map and you'll you'll be fine. Because and the we, green arrows. We take that. I take it into the meeting town and I, and I check the signage and they do a great job of yeah. actually putting those signs out. Yep. And sometimes there might be a four by eight sheet of plywood that says support vehicles turn here. Yeah. And we, we try to tell people, you know, hey, make it make it almost idiot proof. Yeah. And it's never going to be perfect. So um, signs do blow down sometimes and stuff like that. Yeah. But for the most part, if you look at the vehicle map and you follow the signs, you'll, you'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, and again, keep in mind, this is. Joe and Susie town person doing their best to welcome us. Yep. And, you know, sometimes they don't realize exactly what our situation is or sometimes it, the sign blows down, you know, but they, they're they doing their best to help us. Yep. yep. So. And they, they truly love having people in their town. And Definitely. I know, I know there's been, you know, there's a few bad apples out there that give us a bad name and they're like disgruntled about, you know, one or, one or two people could put a really bad taste in, in people's minds about Ragbri. But for the most part, when we talk to these people, they're like, oh, people are so wonderful. They were mm-hmm. so nice. They were so this, yeah. which is really a great feeling. And so just, just remember, we are guests in these communities. They absolutely love having us there. Mm-hmm. We'd like to go back time and time again. So so hopefully everyone can take that attitude. Thank people for you know parking your car. or Because yeah. for the most part, those people are there because they love their community. Yep, exactly. Well, cool. Well, I think we've got an interview. Murph actually interviewed uh, Clarence from Cedar Rapids area. And I don't know if you know Clarence, but he's in his 90s. He's been riding rag bride for only about seven or eight years. And um, Clarence was actually um, a military veteran. He actually served during World War, um, you know, I I, I want to say World War II, but I mean. Probably. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing yeah. that would be right. But, um, you know. Clarence is, is 
just a joy. If you ever if you ever see him out there on his bike, he's just pedaling along. And um, we did hear word that uh, the counterpart to Clarence Lucy took the year off, and okay. she she did ride the distance of her birthday. And I think she's she's a ripe young ninety two or something like that. Yeah. So uh, so those are two of our. Um, more seasoned riders yes. would, would be mm-hmm. the word. Yes. And so uh, let's give a listen to what Murph has to say. Yeah, can't wait. Well, hello, Just Go Bike podcast listeners, a.k.a. Murph here. And today I am with Clarence Bosenberg. Hi, Clarence. Hi. Well, if you haven't met Clarence, you are in for a treat. Clarence rides his bicycle thousands of miles each year yes that's thousands including uh, the last several years he's done every mile of ragbri and when he's not on his bike he can be found volunteering at his church or delivering meals with meals on wheels and guess what everybody clarence is 93 years old so hopefully he's got some uh, good entertaining and good advice for us he's an inspiring man so let's get to know more about clarence so, Clarence, have you always been into bicycling? Uh, I had a bike when I was a kid. Yep. Three of us shared a bike. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, then I really got into biking uh, about 20 years ago. Okay. My knees got bad. I, it bothered me to walk, but mm-hmm. I could bike, so I, I got started biking and uh, I've been doing it ever since. Yeah, and I think, um, so Clarence and I uh, sometimes do a bike ride on Thursdays with uh, the area market. They do a, like a bike ride every week. And you were telling me that you used to have a steel bike, and you upgraded a couple years ago? Yes, I, uh, I had an old 10-speed Schwinn. And uh, I rode that on uh, Ragbri up until two years ago. Okay. Finally decided I needed a few more gears <laughs> for the hill, so so I I got a new uh, bike two years ago. Okay, all yes. right. So uh, the big question: Do you actually ride your bike every single day? Uh, not every day, but every day that uh, time allows. Yeah. Well, then I'll I'll get out and uh, do some riding. Yeah, and I think you were telling me uh, you will actually put on your winter clothes and bike when it's colder colder than most people like my cutoff is at 20 degrees 20 degrees wow i need to change my uh, goal there because mine mine is usually about 30 degrees i don't want to go (laughs) so when you go on a typical bike ride how many miles do you go well it all depends on how much time i have and uh, i'll go anywhere from 20 up to 100 miles Uh, and anything in between, yeah. cor- according to the amount of time I have. To, wow. Uh, yeah. So do you, when you do 100 miles, do you do it within one day? Like, yes, it, take, it takes me uh, a whole day. Yeah. I, I have to set aside a whole day for it. Sure, yeah. Um, and you mentioned you got a new bike a couple years ago. Is it also a steel frame? Is it a heavy-duty bike? Uh, no, it's not steel frame. It's uh, it's aluminum. Uh, yep. Yeah. And you have a little uh, bag on the back, so you probably bring a jacket or a rain gear yeah, or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's real handy. I can carry anything I might need, you know. Yep, yeah, yeah. So if I read, uh, you guys will have to, not during the podcast, but um, Google Clarence Bosenberg because he's got a few articles that have been in the paper. He actually brought them mm-hmm. here to show me. Um, and 
I think I'm right in saying you did your first RAGBRAI at age 86, is that right? 87. 87. Yeah, 87. So how did you decide to go at age 87 do a bike ride like that? Well, it goes back to when my wife had a stroke when she was uh, 53, mm-hmm. and she was paralyzed on one side. Oh, okay. So uh, I had to take care of her for, uh, well, about 28 years mm-hmm. before she passed away. Uh, my son had always done Reg Brian, and I thought that would be a really a neat thing to yeah. do, <laughs> but I didn't know if I could do it or not. Right. So I started training, and uh, in 2012, I uh, done my first first rag brian i got along fine yeah i'm I'm sure there are a few hills here and there oh yes it's iowa there always is (laughs) yes Yes, it's not flat yeah yeah uh what was it like that first year like were you i'm guessing you were not in five-star hotels every night no we we (laughs) camped out and went with a group and we camped out and uh we really had a good time yeah 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 um I'm assuming that you thoroughly enjoy bicycling because you bicycle so much, but what is it that you enjoy about it? Well, I I just enjoy getting out and uh, seeing the countryside. I I grew up on a farm, so I watch the crops as they (laughs) mature. And and, uh, see, there's a lot of wildlife along the the trails, and uh, I just enjoy seeing that. Mm -hmm. So when you were a kid... You had no choice but probably to ride your bicycle on gravel. Oh yes, right? yes. Do you yes. still do that? Uh, I don't ride a lot on the gravel. Yeah. I, I, I uh, more or less stay to the hard surface roads. Yep. yep. But I, I will ride on the gravel if I have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now on Ragbride they do a gravel loop. Yes. Um, I have not done it. I don't know if you've tried it, but... No, no I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I think over 400 and some miles is just enough for me without <laughs> doing gravel on top of it. So um, so I wanted to ask you, kind of in general, uh, how many miles you do each year, and how do you keep track? Well, I, I got my odometer uh, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I have a little... A uh, little book, and I keep keep track of my oh, miles sure. in there, and, and uh, so uh, uh, that's that's how I uh, keep track. Yeah, yeah. And so um, you brought one of your articles from the paper, which is from 2016, and I have to read this little quote because it's just uh-huh. I'd like to know what happened with that day. But it says Clarence Bosenberg, you know, rides on the Cedar Valley Nature Trail. Um, the Cedar Rapids resident is an avid bicyclist with a goal to ride 9,000 miles before the end of the year in honor of his 90th birthday. And your quote was, I think it keeps me healthy. So I want to know, did you make your goal of 9,000 miles? Uh, yes, I, uh, I actually I exceeded it. I <laughs> got, got 9,540 miles Holy cow! <clears throat> before the weather got bad in December and... Uh, so I was going to try to make 10,000, but I didn't. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but I did do, uh, I had set the goal for uh, nine, uh, 
century rides, and I got in 10 century rides that year. So. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and you had mentioned that there's times when you still do 100-mile rides. Are you still doing that now? Yes. I've, I've done a couple of them already this year. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You're very inspiring. <laughs> um, so how many miles have you put on this year? Do you have any idea? I've put on uh, about 4,600 miles so wow. far this year. And that's pretty crazy because if people at least in the Iowa area we had a terrible spring you know January (laughs) February and March I think it was so cold wow um so uh next question is about mental motivation like what is it about bicycling that keeps you coming back and wanting to do another ride well I I just enjoy doing it so much uh, and and I'm an out, outdoors person too. Yeah. I, I I enjoy being out out in the fresh air and uh, sunshine. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Know? Yeah. So. Today's a perfect example of it sh- we should both be outside on our bicycles <laughs> yeah. right now. I will be this afternoon. <laughs> I was gonna say, I bet you will be. <laughs> um, so you had your you know your big goal when you turned ninety. Um, do you have still have cycling goals for the future? Well, I have one new one. Oh, let's hear it. <laughs> I've, uh, well, I've been riding for, uh, I got my odometer about 20 years ago. Uh-huh. So far, I've got a little over 90,000 miles on it. Oh, my goodness. So I'm setting a goal to do 100,000 miles. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And you will be turning 100 in about seven years. So. <laughs> well, I hope to get it done by uh, next year, maybe. Holy cow. That is a <laughs> Amazing goal. We need to throw a party for you when you do it. (laughs) (laughs) Or somebody does. (laughs) Um, So I'm sure there's people out here listening and they're thinking to themselves, okay, this man can do thousands and thousands of miles. Do you have any advice that you would give somebody who's maybe thinking about getting out there and biking? Well, I've always kind of set goals. And I think maybe if, if you set a goal... It doesn't have to be a big goal. Right. Just, a, just set a goal and see if you can do it mm-hmm. and, and, and work up from there. Yeah, yeah. And if you can do it, then that's when you set your next goal. That's right. And the next goal. You're right. So very good. Mm-hmm. Well, what kinds of things do you do when you're not on your bicycle? Well, I, uh, uh, I have a garden and a yard. Ooh, yeah. And I grow flowers and, and a, lot of, a lot of vegetables. Yeah. And uh, I enjoy doing that. Uh, and along with uh, my uh, volunteer activities, yeah. keep me pretty busy. <laughs> and before you met me to do this uh, recording, you said you were doing Meals on Wheels. Yes. And so you do that several times a week, right? Uh, three times regularly, and uh, I've done as much as five five days a week. Oh, my goodness. If they're shorthanded, I'll go and and do extra days. And I think Meals on Wheels is a national uh, organization, but basically you go to a central location, you pick up uh, ready-made meals, and then you deliver them to people who maybe can't get out of their house. Right. 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 And all of them I deliver to are younger than I am. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they may be wanting to set some goals too, right? <laughs> uh, well, um, when you're out on your bicycle, I'm guessing a lot of the time when you're by yourself, you're just on trails in the neighborhood or in the area. But do you have any must-see places you've been on your bike that you'd want to share? Well, I've 
I've rode the uh, ridden on the r- river trail, oh, which yes. I think is a, is a nice one, and the Sparta to Elroy Trail is a great trail. Oh, that's on my bucket list. That's oh. that's in Wisconsin, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. and there, there's beautiful train tunnels that yep. they've put. Big long train tunnels. They look beautiful. <laughs> it, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. So that's would be really good good place to go if you haven't been there. And the Root River is in um, Minnesota. Right. I think there's several towns that connect, but Preston, Preston Minnesota is the one that I think of. Yeah, Preston, yeah. And I've talked about it before on this podcast, but there's some little town right on the bike trail that has the most amazing pie. <laughs> yes. Like... Uh, I can't think of the name of it right now. Yeah, but, <laughs> but people yeah. will stand in line for half an hour to get a piece of this pie. Yeah. So yeah. it's really good. And they have a chalkboard. And as they run out of the pie, they you know cross it out. So <laughs> yes. I'll be standing there crossing my fingers. I hope my pie still is there. So, uh, well, Clarence, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. And I hope that we have you on again in the future when you tell everyone that you did 100,000 miles. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks, Clarence. Thank you. Well, listeners, I leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of Murphology. This quote comes from Murphy's Second Law. Everything takes longer than you think. Think about it. Okay, we've come to the end of another edition of the Jessica Bike Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in again. Thank you to AP, Parrot Talk, joining us, taking yes. uh, Mark's seat in this one. How was that for you today? Um, fantastic. As always, I would like to remind you that if you want to ask me a question for Parrot Talk, you can get a hold of me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Jessica Bike, or you can tweet me at Ragbright Andre- underscore Andrea on Twitter. Okay. Hey, just a reminder, I know one of our sponsors is Iowa City, yep. and think Iowa City and the curious surrounding communities. Big event going down Jingle Cross, which yeah. is September 14th weekend. Yeah. Uh, it's also the Iowa State game. They're going to have some big TVs there, so you can tailgate. You can watch cyclocross. It's a fun event. I know you're going down there, yep. Andrea. I'm, yep. I'm going to be around. I think Mark uh, Mark White's going to be around. So it's going to be a fun event. And um, our good friends over in Iowa City, Coralville 